I mean, whosoever chooses to look me in the eye is the spite of the space between us. It isn't really the cadence of what seeps between us, the emptiness of life or whatever it could it aspire to be in terms of do we speak to each other? We look each other in the eye. If you look me in my eye, I would kindly suggest to you, don't look too long. Some of us have this primitive idea of imminent threat. You look too long, you look too in depth. You see the curse of us. You see the blessings of our past and the assumptions of our future. If you ever cared to look someone in the eye long enough and see the whites around their sclera, the pupiling, dilating, the excitement of bright eyes to see. But the real question is, do you see the difference in humanity? Do you see the difference between two people? Can you see someone's patience? Can you see someone's courage? Can you see someone's grit? Can you see their skill? Can you see their job? Can you see their kids? You know, they say the eyes are the window into the soul. But I, I would say that it's a, it goes a bit deeper than that because you're not necessarily looking at someone's soul as if they have a soul. And I'm not going to say they do or don't. But technically, you're actually looking at someone's brain. The eyes are connected to the brain. It's one of the outer shown organs that are is directly connected to the brain. The eyes do say a lot. Some people have an adverse connection to eye contact. Some people can't hold it for too long. You know, I often wanted to be the quote unquote Michael Jordan of something. I, I often wanted to be the Kobe Bryant of something. You know, I wasn't the shooter out of my high school. I wasn't the passer out of the Friday Night Lights of Dreams track star. If you've read me well, you would know that at some point I assumed that I'd come out of my teens a fighter, a boxer. Nothing like my father, though. However, I would eventually reach this assumption of becoming the Michael Jordan of voice flowing, the Michael Phelps of choice, water-like, just kind of saying what comes to mind. And if this is your first time listening to Bud Talks podcast, this is episode 408, where I don't discriminate against words. You know, it's like my brain is a space computer and I can really dive into it and start seeing either memories or words and I'll just pull them down and whatever one falls heaviest that's what you hear but what I see however out of these eyes much like you listening 
no one will ever be able to experience it. I can write it as best I can, which is why I do journal. And it's not really supposed to make sense, but art is subjective. You can create a, a, a story that you feel and see. doesn't mean everyone who reads it as best as they could will understand it. I guess the idea of subjective art is that, I mean, it's never really objective unless you're a hack, unless you're writing ABC stories. I couldn't live with myself if I just lived to write stories to breathe attention onto me. I think it's more so of a level of flow, but more so being not so judgmental with myself and more importantly, not so judgmental against the art that I don't understand myself. A lot of the art that I appreciate, most people probably won't even, they'll never, they, they won't experience it in their lifetime. And that's okay because art is kind of like, you know, it's like a tree. It's just there and it's, it's of this earth that's connected to other trees in terms of the oxygen oxygen it gives off and whatnot. Who judges a tree? It was often hard for me to decide what it is I was going to be the Michael Jordan of. And when I decided that that I that this would be the thing I am not the Michael Jordan of poetry. I am not the Michael Jordan of voice. I am not the Michael Jordan of anything I do. You know what? Let's not even talk about that guy anymore. I've never met him. That's a childhood idea that's gone and passed. The only reason why I bring up MJ is because I think I was watching Aside from The Last Dance, which I've seen a while ago. There's always this comparison between Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron. When I was watching the air, the movie Air, I wasn't quite impressed with the movie. Great storyline, but I mean, it's... I mean, it was just, this is how it happened. Sure. Of course, they have their peculiar ways of how they do things and how Nike accomplished signing Jordan, you know, breaking the rules and becoming something so uniquely different instead of having a shoe built for this player individual. The player individual and the shoe are one. So the shoe is Jordan, which is, I get that. So when I wrote a book, I didn't want to create a book. I did not want to write a story where it was a story that's so separate from me that when someone reads it, they say, oh, great. He created a character. This character did this and then 
this happened and this is a conclusion and here's the meaning me myself as a reader will draw out of it when you look me in my eye you see that book because the character Rigel Rigel Riggle some people can't pronounce it originally that book was called bourgeoisie which a lot of beta readers I gave it to could not pronounce so I named it Rigel which was his name is his name and they can't pronounce that Rigel Rigel Riggle but Rigel is not me but Rigel was of me in terms of he was this imaginary character I would venture through childhood with on airplanes at church riding my bike to the airport in school of course he had a different name growing up which I'm not going to get into but I had to kind of separate myself from this imaginary character as I got older and became a grown ass man because what grown ass man has imaginary friends so let's fast forward to a book I felt who best to star in it but the character you see the character you would eventually feel when you look me in my eye and that is the greatest surprise I could probably give to the writing world is that I rarely, aside from movies that I watched growing up and recent movies that I've seen, mention this in terms of the storytelling method, strategies, and different formats of storytelling. I didn't follow that. I didn't follow anything around how to write a story, action, backstory, conclusion or action, backstory, build the character, development, epiphany. That's about 80% of the movies out there. Which is probably why I don't watch too many movies. Typically, your critically acclaimed movies kind of veer away from that. But for the most part, they follow it. So the average reader or viewer could understand it otherwise just have a not so fun movie to watch these movies are appealing to me because I just live outside the box and when you look me in my eye you are looking outside the box because of course in order for me to be outside the box and consider myself outside the box. I have to know what's inside the box. And because that did not make me happy, I chose to be so weird and different. So in conclusion to Bud Talks Podcast episode 408, I must say whether I try to be a typical writer, author, 
or live my life as so any person would. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. Once again, this is Bud Talks Podcast, episode 408, where I have nothing to say. I have nothing to share with the world. And it's because of that I speak. Meaningless grit. Meaningless grit. My grandma used to make me grits for breakfast and toast and eggs and bacon. And then I would go ride my bike to the airport. This is Bud Talks Podcast, episode 408. Good morning, good evening, good night. Check me out on vehicledigest.net. And good morning, good evening, good night. Bye-bye. When I get a sound engineer, this shit gonna sound so good. (laughs) But it's just me.